CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is returning over two weekends in two different cities in 2022. And Once Upon a Crime will be featured on Podcast Row at both events. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you. CrimeCon will be held from April 29th to May 1st in Las Vegas and on June 11th and 12th in London. When you attend CrimeCon, you'll spend the weekend immersing yourself in all things true crime. Get inside the minds of serial killers and psychopaths as you learn from experts in the fields of crime and criminals. Hear from families and survivors of some of the most well-known true crime cases from around the world. Try out your detective skills as you investigate unsolved cases. And of course, meet your favorite true crime podcasters up close and personal to talk all things true crime. You can get all the info and register for CrimeCon Las Vegas at CrimeCon.com. And check out the lineup of guests and podcasters who will be there. More guests are being announced in the run-up to April 29th. This will be year two for CrimeCon UK in London, and I'm so excited to return to the UK. CrimeCon UK is partnered by CBS Reality, the expert-led true crime channel, and limited tickets are on sale now at crimecon.co.uk. You'll hear from top experts who will take you inside some of the UK's most infamous cases. Use my promo code onceupon 22 to get 10% off your registration for both events. If you've never been to CrimeCon before, or if you're a returning attendee, these 2022 events are anticipated to be the best ones yet. So don't delay in getting your ticket as they're likely to sell out. And don't forget to use my offer code onceupon 22 and come see me on Podcast Row. This podcast details true crime cases. It contains adult themes and may contain descriptions of violence. It is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Once Upon a Crime. In this month's series, I've been focusing on cases where romantic partners or former romantic partners decide to seek revenge when the relationship is ended. In particular, I've sought out cases where the perpetrator's goal was to maim or disfigure their former love interest. When I started searching for these types of cases, I initially believed I would only find a handful. Unfortunately, I was wrong. It's almost unbelievable to consider how many instances there are of one person setting out to cause unimaginable pain and suffering to someone they claim to love. How and why relationships go so wrong and end in partner violence is a subject that could fill volumes and one that I won't undertake here. Instead, I'll share with you several stories to illustrate how this type of horrendous crime has become terrifyingly commonplace in one of the most populous cities in the UK, London, England. This is the final episode in the series Revenge Attacks, UK Acid Attacks. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. While researching cases of revenge attacks for this series, I discovered that there has been a rash of crimes in the UK that I found truly bizarre and terrifying. The use of caustic chemicals, namely sulfuric acid, in the commission of violent crimes in the UK has been on the increase over the past several years. Statistically, as of 2021, the highest rate of acid attacks per capita occurred in the UK. In fact, attacks against others by the use of acid to maim or disfigure were already a common occurrence in the UK, with 450 attacks recorded in 2016 alone. Incredibly, the incidence of such attacks increased by 270% in the five years leading up to 2018, and citizens, particularly in London, which has been called the acid attack hotspot of the Western world, live in fear of becoming the next victim. The motivations associated with these types of attacks vary. Gang violence, robbery, disagreements with strangers, and sexually motivated crimes have all been recorded as catalysts for these crimes. Men are singled out for acid attacks in greater numbers. Almost two-thirds of victims in Britain are men. Reasons cited for the increased use of acid as a weapon include the ease with which sulfuric acid can be obtained, the fact that it is virtually untraceable if purchased with cash, and because there are no age restrictions associated with the sale of the chemical. Criminologists in the UK have called acid the weapon of first choice for gang members for all the reasons stated. It's also believed that acid attacks are a popular form of retaliation by gang members because of the fear it incites in their enemies. The amount of pain and long-term damage it causes to victims is well documented. Just a warning in advance. I know a lot of my listeners like to look up photos of the people and places involved in the cases I cover on the podcast. Be forewarned that the photos of victims of these types of attacks can be very disturbing to see. While in Britain, men make up the largest percentage of victims, globally, women are more often singled out for acid attacks. Anger or jealousy over a perceived slight such as a woman rejecting a sexual advance or marriage proposal, often accounts for the higher percentage of female victims by male perpetrators in other parts of the world. So it was a shocking turn of events when a 28-year-old woman was accused of perpetrating a vicious attack on her live-in boyfriend using sulfuric acid in 2019. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Esther Afrifa lived with her 29-year-old boyfriend, Kelvin Pogo, in Wembley, northwest London. Pogo had moved to London to attend film school and was dating Afrifa before the two moved into a flat together. In the winter of 2019, Afrifa became jealous when she believed her boyfriend was cheating on her with another university student. To get back at him for this suspected infidelity, she first attempted to poison him by filling his sports bottle with acid. This attempt failed when Pogo declined to drink the water, thinking it was tap water, which he mistrusted from the time he was a boy growing up in Africa. His girlfriend, however, didn't give up. On December 22nd, as Pogo was sleeping in their flat, Afrifa took a bottle of sulfuric acid, which she had purchased over the internet, and poured out some of the liquid onto his chest. It burned through his shirt, and he awoke when he felt the burning sensation on his torso. At first, he thought hot water had somehow fallen on him. He grabbed a vial of holy water kept near his bedside and poured it onto the burn while screaming for his girlfriend to help. Afrifa pretended to call an ambulance while Pogo writhed in pain. When paramedics failed to arrive, since they hadn't actually been called, Pogo called for a taxi to take him to the emergency room. Without his knowledge, his girlfriend canceled the taxi. Still unaware of what had happened, Pogo lay down on the living room sofa in pain and finally passed out, still waiting for help to arrive. Afrifa waited until he was out cold and then crept up on him, intent to finish the job. She poured the rest of the acid on the injured man's face and chest. Pogo came to, screaming, and ran outside the flat, wailing for help. Passing strangers hearing his cries came to his aid and called an ambulance. He was rushed to the emergency room, suffering from serious burns to his head, eyes, neck, and torso. He spent several months undergoing painful treatments and surgeries, and suffered permanent damage to his eyes. Afrifa was found and arrested soon after the attack on her boyfriend. She was charged with a Section 18 assault, or wounding with the intent to cause grievous bodily harm, a crime that can carry a sentence of 3 to 16 years in prison. In November 2021, Afrifa was found guilty and sentenced to 14 years behind bars. The judge called the attack on her former love interest a truly wicked thing to do. Quote, You prepared a weapon you knew would cause extremely severe disfiguring injuries and terrible pain. You armed yourself and deliberately followed through with that plan, the judge said before handing down the sentence. Esther Afrifa will most likely be deported back to her native country of Ghana once she is released from prison. Kelvin Pogo was interviewed soon after Afrifa was convicted. His goal of becoming a filmmaker like his idol Spike Lee had been a lifelong dream that nearly ended after becoming an acid attack victim. I have problems with my sight and looking through the camera viewfinder is difficult, Pogo said but still determined to, quote, make films that matter, he determinedly stated, but I will get there. Still, Pogo suffers from post-traumatic stress brought on by the pain and suffering he endured and has struggled with thoughts of suicide. His medical bills have left him almost $60,000 in debt, 
and he's worried he may have to leave the UK before his surgeries can be completed when his visa runs out. He says, every day I wake up is like the day she attacked me. It's like time has stopped. Every time there's a knock on the door, I'm scared someone is going to hurt me. He says of his former girlfriend who so cruelly disfigured him, she used to be my world and she did this to me. I just can't understand it. Esther Afrifa's callous act of violence was also senseless and unjustified. Her boyfriend had not been cheating on her and her jealousies were all in her imagination. Another woman became obsessed with the idea of carrying out an acid attack after hearing about a well-publicized case in the news. 25-year-old Katie Piper, a former model who had begun a career as a television presenter, met Daniel Lynch on Facebook in 2008, and they began a relationship. Piper was unaware that Lynch had been obsessed with her before they met, tracking her modeling and media career online before seeking her out on Facebook. Two weeks into their relationship, she and Lynch went out to dinner, and he told her he had a surprise. He had booked a romantic getaway at a hotel room for the two of them in West London. After getting Piper alone in the room, Lynch beat and raped her. He turned into a monster before her eyes, stabbing her repeatedly in her arms over the course of the attack and threatening to hang her if she fought back. When he finally let her go, Piper went to the hospital to be treated for her injuries. She didn't report the attack, afraid that Lynch would retaliate. Lynch repeatedly called Piper to apologize and asked her to see him, but she refused. He continued harassing her until she agreed to go to a North London internet cafe to retrieve a message he had sent to her Facebook account. Lynch had enlisted an accomplice, Stefan Silvestri, to approach Piper in the cafe. Wearing a hoodie, he walked up to Piper and threw a container of acid in her face. Piper would later describe the moment of the attack this way. When the acid was thrown at me, it felt like I was burning in hell. It was an indescribable, unique, torturous pain. Piper suffered severe burns to her face and was blinded in one eye. She had swallowed some of the acid, which burned her esophagus. She was placed in an induced coma for 12 days and underwent numerous painful surgeries and skin grafts. The attack was caught on CCTV, and both Lynch and Silvestri were identified and arrested. Lynch was charged with attempted murder and received two life sentences with a minimum of 16 years in prison. He will not be considered for release until 2025. His accomplice, Stefan Silvestri, was sentenced to a minimum of six years in prison in 2009. He was released in 2018, but after being arrested for a string of car thefts, was returned to prison. In June 2020, a parole board found him suitable for release once more. After her attack, Katie Piper said she'd suffered a fate worse than death. She wrote a victim's impact statement listing everything she'd lost since that day. Her future, her career, her spirit, her looks, and her dignity. But after more than 100 surgeries and through sheer force of will, Piper has started her life over. She now advocates for victims of acid attacks and has returned to the public eye. She established the Katie Piper Foundation to raise awareness and support for burn and other disfigurement victims. In 2009, she bravely faced cameras to tell her story in a documentary titled, Katie, My Beautiful Face, which brought in over 3 million viewers upon its television debut in the UK. 
Piper was also featured on the American television program 2020 in 2010. She has restarted her television career, appearing in several reality television series including Hotel GB, The Secret Millions, Celebrity Deal or No Deal, and Strictly Come Dancing. Piper married in 2015 and has two daughters, Belle and Penelope. Katie Piper's story is one of courage and resilience against incredible odds. But another woman, also named Katie, became fixated on Piper's story. Not for the amazing story of survival, but because of a fixation on acid attacks as a means of revenge. In January 2015, Katie Leong met Daniel Roteriu in Leicester, England. Daniel, age 31, originally from Romania, was working as a press setter. When Katie first introduced herself to Daniel, she told him she was 32, but in actuality, she was 52. Before long, they'd begun a serious relationship and moved in together. But the relationship was rocky from the start. Leong was a jealous and controlling partner, and she and Daniel fought frequently. She was suspicious of any and all of his past relationships. She demanded that he delete his Facebook account and accused him of infidelity with ex-girlfriends or even his friends who were female. She also became angry when Daniel wouldn't get her name tattooed on his body to prove his love for her. Meanwhile, Leong was in frequent contact with an ex-boyfriend named Mark Cummings. Cummings, some said, was obsessed with Leong and would do anything she asked. Others claimed he was afraid of her, and for this reason, didn't dare refuse any requests she made. In either case, she used Cummings as her puppet. Because Daniel Roteriu was unwilling to be similarly controlled by her, Leong set out to make him pay. Some would later say, however, that her true goal was to perpetrate an acid attack and upon whom didn't really matter. Daniel just happened to be a convenient victim. She began by persuading Mark Cummings to purchase a bottle of sulfuric acid. In this way, she could claim that Cummings, jealous because she had a new lover, planned and carried out the attack on his own. Cummings purchased the first bottle of acid over the internet at her direction in January of 2016 using his own PayPal account. It would later be discovered that Leong tested the acid's effectiveness as a weapon by testing it on sausage meat. Mark Cummings was not completely under Leong's spell, it seems, because soon after she asked him to make a second purchase of acid in March of 2016, he shared this information with his probation officer. Cummings also reported that his ex-girlfriend had made prior comments about wanting to throw acid in someone's face. He admitted that he would, most likely, purchase the acid to give to Leong within a few days. The probation officer contacted the police a few days later, after verifying with Cummings that he had purchased sulfuric acid for his ex-girlfriend. However, the police failed to follow up on this tip. On July 26, 2016, Katie invited Mark Cummings over to the flat she shared with Daniel Roteriu with the promise of rekindling their relationship. She told him that she and Daniel had a big fight that night and were breaking up. The truth was that the couple had gotten into an argument that night before Daniel went to bed alone. Leong, angry at Daniel for telling her to sleep in the other room, lured Cummings over to frame him for the attack she planned to carry out on her boyfriend. She let Cummings into one room and told him to stay inside as Daniel was asleep in the other bedroom. After she was sure Daniel was fast asleep, Leong entered the bedroom just after midnight. Standing over her boyfriend as he lay in the bed, Leong carefully and deliberately 
poured half a liter of 96% pure sulfuric acid over Daniel's body, where she knew it would do the most damage, dousing him on his face, torso, arms, and legs. Daniel awoke in agony and began to scream. The acid had splashed him in his eyes and his sight became cloudy. Before his vision completely left him, he managed to get to the living room where Leong was sitting on the couch. She had rushed into the room and sat down before Daniel could see who'd poured the acid on him. He knew it was acid immediately after experiencing a sharp taste in his mouth. Daniel heard the sound of the back door closing as Mark Cummings ran from the residence upon hearing the man's screams. Daniel propelled himself into the bathroom and attempted to wash the caustic chemical from his skin and eyes using the handheld showerhead. Two officers were soon dispatched and spent the next several minutes trying to help him rinse the acid from his body as they awaited an ambulance. One of the officers described what he saw upon entering the flat as, quote, the most horrific thing I have ever seen in my life. Officers later described Katie Leong showing little care or concern for her horribly burned boyfriend, but making a big show of repeating that Mark Cummings, her jealous ex-boyfriend, was responsible for the attack. But she couldn't keep her story straight, giving several versions of what had happened, and even stating to one officer that she had been in bed with Daniel and witnessed Cummings, quote, smile as he poured acid over her boyfriend. Katie's deception was soon uncovered when Mark Cummings gave a full confession to the police. Daniel was rushed to Lester Royal Infirmary Burns Unit and placed into an induced coma. He nearly died and would undergo dozens of operations in an attempt to repair the damage done to over 30% of his body. The extensive burns were estimated at 35-40% to 40% full thickness to his face, lips and tongue, ears, both arms and chest, among other areas. His eyes were burned and he became completely blind almost immediately after the attack. Doctors said that he would have surely died and was only saved by the fact that he was sleeping on his stomach and not face up when his girlfriend poured the acid over his head. The prosecutor declined to press charges against Mark Cummings, who was believed to be acting under the control and influence of Leong. Katie Leong was charged with attempted murder and in 2017 was found guilty. Daniel Roteriu gave a victim impact statement before Leong was sentenced. He had spent several weeks in a group living facility for burn victims after his release from the hospital. There he met Anna Katonga, a divorced mother of an eight-year-old son. The two began dating and fell in love. They were married in Romania in 2019 and added a second son, Jack, to their family. Daniel told the court what his life had been like since the attack. Quote, It's changed my life totally. It's a nightmare. I'm never going to see my baby. I worked all my life. I used to like working. I can't do the things I used to do. After I woke up in the hospital, it was a shock for me to realize my girlfriend Katie did this. I have nightmares. I see that day like it was yesterday. I can feel the acid, all the pain. I don't know when it's day and when it's night. I can't see the daylight anymore. I'm going to have to live the rest of my life like this. Sometimes I wish I was dead and I didn't survive. The judge stated during the sentencing hearing that attempted murder could often be more serious than murder because of the lifelong pain and suffering the victims endured. He said in his judgment, Katie Leong's crime fell under Schedule 21 of the Criminal Justice Act, the seriousness which was deemed particularly high. To make his determination, 
He cited several factors, including the use of acid as a weapon, that the crime involved sadistic conduct with the intention of causing horrific and painful disfigurement and death, and that Leong had conducted research prior to carrying out the attack in order to inflict the greatest damage to her victim possible. The judge also spoke of Leong's long-standing macabre fascination and fantasy about attacking someone with acid. He pointed out that a copy of Katie Piper's autobiography titled Beautiful was found on her nightstand and said Leong, quote, had an obsession with crime and committing the perfect crime, end quote. The judge explained that weighing all factors, Leong's sentence could fall within a range of 27 to 35 years in prison. He determined that the appropriate term of incarceration for Leong was at the higher end of that bracket, at 34 years. Finally, he explained what a minimum term meant in practice. Quote, when a court specifies a minimum term, you cannot be released until that minimum term has expired, he told Leong. But even then, you will not automatically be released. You will not be released unless and until the parole board is satisfied that it is safe to release you into the community. Then the judge added pointedly, that day may never come. Still, because she was sentenced to an indeterminate life sentence, her minimum term would be fixed at 17 years. After 17 years, Leong will, by law, be considered for parole. Daniel Roteriu is pursuing a lawsuit against the Leicester Police Department for their failure to inform him of the threat Leong posed. The suit stated that both police officers and staff had received reports prior to the attack stating that Leong was acquiring acid to carry out a premeditated attack on an unnamed third party. They failed to contact Leong and simply closed the file without investigation. That lawsuit is still pending. That will do it for this episode of Once Upon a Crime, and that will wrap up the series Revenge Attacks. To tell me your thoughts about this series or suggest future episodes, you can reach out to me on our website or Facebook page. You can get all the links to our social media, information on upcoming events, and listen to episodes by going to our website, truecrimepodcast.com. Don't forget to register for CrimeCon 2022. You can attend CrimeCon in the U.S. in Las Vegas, April 29th to May 1st, or in the U.K. in London on June 11th and 12th. While you're there, come and see me on Podcast Row. Please make sure to use my offer code for your tickets, once upon 22. It helps us pay for travel to see you in person. Thank you. Another way you can help us out is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon members of Once Upon a Crime get ad-free early release episodes, bonus episodes, sneak peeks of upcoming series topics, and free swag sent to you in the mail. To find out more and sign up, go to patreon.com slash onceuponacrime. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Once Upon a Crime is written and produced by me, Esther Ludlow. My research and production assistant is Lorena Garcia. Until next time, be good to one another. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. 
Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.